0: hey guys we are in our new series today called multiply rhythm we're going into the fall things are opening back up uh people are getting back into their their rhythms like school and work and some of you guys are starting to go into work now uh there's there's just people are starting to Work out. People are starting to eat healthy. You know, there's just all kinds of rhythms, family time, uh, and, and, you know, friends and all those things that people are starting now in the fall and starting fresh. So we're going into this new series to talk about rhythms for us to have as a people of God. And guys, we just came out of uh, this past week. We came out of our collective rally last week and talk about an amazing rhythm we're establishing corporately in our, in our church. And it was so amazing. It was so awesome. It was so great to, to see people we haven't seen in a while. It was so great to be together. Guys, there's so many amazing stories that have come out of that. So if you weren't able to be there, catch those stories, hear them. You'll see some video on it. You'll see, uh, yeah, yeah, just ask about it uh, so that you know how to anticipate in the future so that you can just uh, just build some excitement for when you're ready to step into that because uh, we would love to have you there. Um, I mean, here's, here's just a sampling of, of some things. So um, we had a bunch of new people there and, and someone new said, uh, this is like the best Church experience they've ever had and and uh, and they're not as far as we know they're not a follower of jesus so that 's a redemption right there it 's redeeming someone 's understanding of who the church is, what the church is supposed to be, and they said they just had so much fun right because our collective rally isn 't your regular church service so uh, we just had a blast and, a, and it, was, it was fun so many different different elements in there uh, that, that people were excited about um, I mean my favorite part was uh, we basically had a big a big dance party I mean people were dancing around and i couldn 't believe it. like this The culture in our church has shifted. It was so celebratory, so amazing, Um, and we had some people. We had one person in particular even say, "I had uh, I hadn't been to church since, and this was an older person since I was a child, and I didn't realize how much I needed this. I didn't realize community like this was out there. Like, guys." That is how we change the perception of who we are as followers of Jesus, of, of what the church is supposed to be in our city. And so get excited for the next one. Uh, that'll be coming up. And so that's a big rhythm in our church that we have now uh, walked into uh, and, and hopefully now forward as well. Uh, so today we're going to talk about rhythms that are, that are corporate but also individual. So these, uh, these three rhythms in our church are up, in and out and this whole series is patterned around up in and out but those aren't just corporate rhythms we live uh, as uh, corporately Uh, these are also individual rhythms that you can live out in your life that you should that you should walk forward and as you learn how to walk with Jesus so let me just break these down for us Uh, let's start with up Up is is worship. It's hearing God. It's it's hear and obey, right? It's hearing the voice of God. It's obeying. It's walking in step with the Spirit, Um, and and that's both corporate worship and individual worship. That's both corporately hearing God together and and individually hearing God together. And then in is the is the second rhythm, and and in is about community. It's about uh, discovering spiritual gifts together. It's about living the one another lifestyle together. It's being together in this community of faith and, and that leads into out as well. And out is living on mission together. It's influencing, it's, it's, uh, it's sharing your faith, it's being salt, it's being light. And each of these rhythms happen, can happen at the same time. They happen simultaneously. You don't have to start with up in order to go to in, in order to go to out. They can happen concurrently. So up in and out should flow into one another and out of one another because those are the rhythms that God wants us to walk in uh, in in order to spread the kingdom, in order to share the gospel, in order to share the love and light of Jesus Christ. And our mission statement here at Trinity Life Church is discovering identity and destiny in Christ in order to influence our city and the world. And so when we take up, that's your identity. So those go together. It's rooting your identity in God, in Christ. Right? this is the up rhythm. It's born out of worship. It's born out of uh, hearing and obeying. And then the in rhythm is discovering your destiny. All right? so in and destiny go together. You have the same destiny as I have. We all have a certain destiny as followers of Jesus Christ. And that is to uh, that is to to walk forward in the spirit. That is to be ambassadors for Christ. That's to be ministers of reconciliation. All those things are part of the in rhythm, and then out is living on mission, that's influence, right? So discovering identity and destiny in Christ in order to influence our city in the world, that goes without. And, and so it's living on mission. It's, it's uh, bringing others to Christ. It's showing them Christ's light and his love. So you have up and identity, in and destiny, out and in influence. And things that flow into that for us are, are these six Fs that we've talked about, and if you've been around Trinity Life any length of time in an R3, you know we have these six Fs. And there's two Fs that go with each rhythm. And so with up, you have uh, the Fs of faith and fuel. So in the next two weeks, those are the two things we're going to talk about. In the following weeks, we'll talk about the in rhythm more specifically, with family, and fitness, and those two things go into the in rhythm. And then for the out rhythm, there's two Fs, and those two are fruit and finances, and those pair with the out rhythm. And so we'll talk about those in subsequent weeks, and you may be asking, well, why those Fs? Why those six? Where where do those come from? Like, where are we getting those? Why is fitness in there? Why is, what is fuel? Uh, Finances, is that? Should that really be something we talk about? Um, And and we're going to answer a lot of those questions as we go through each F over the next uh, few weeks. Uh, But to kick us off with that, we're going to start here in Matthew chapter 8, Matthew chapter 9. And uh, so if you have a Bible... I invite you to open it because I'm going to summarize a lot of these verses. So instead of walking verse by verse like, like uh, we normally do, I'm going to summarize a lot of these verses so you, you can follow it easily in your Bible if you have one in front of you. Uh, so Matthew chapter 8 comes right after the Sermon on the Mount. And remember, uh, before we jump into that, oh, there's so, okay. we are trying to establish rhythms here. And uh, as you saw in the sermon bumper, these rhythms are all around us, right? There's music, there's, there's rhythms in, the, in nature, there's rhythms in your own body. We each have, have these rhythms, and, and for many of them in our own body, we're not even aware of. Right? Like, think about your heartbeat. You don't, you don't think about, you, well, you don't think about it. Um, you don't have to think to make your heart beat. It just beats. But what happens when that's off? What happens when your heartbeat is, is uh, you have arrhythmia, it's arrhythmic, right? It's, it's off. What happens uh, when you're not breathing properly? You know, we don't even think about breathing and that's a rhythm of our body. They say the average adult, uh, should breathe between 12 and I don't know 20, 25 times uh, per minute. Anything below that or above that is abnormal. Now all of you guys are thinking about your, your breathing, uh, but uh, for the for most adults, they take short uh, they take short um, quick breaths. Uh, and I was talking to I think Jonathan about this uh, last week. And and he was saying that they recommend long, deeper breaths because it's healthier for your body. But most of us don't even think about that. Well, most of us may not even think about these rhythms we're going to talk about today. We may not not think about how healthy these rhythms should be in our life. And the whole point of this series is to get us aware of those things. Because if you're aware of how your heart beats, maybe you can do something about it right? If you're aware that your breathing is a little off, well, you can control it. You can do something about it. I have a friend who uh, was diagnosed with heart arrhythmia, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago. And this friend didn't even know at that point. But when he found that out, it changed his lifestyle. It changed how he, it changed what he ate, what he did, how he worked out, all those things, because he knew his heart needed Uh, a different rhythm well some people if you don't do that by the if you don't change uh, any of those things well you're going to have double triple quadruple bypass surgery and 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 so what we're trying to do in this series is we're trying to we're trying to shift our rhythms together as a church but also individually, because we wanna have these healthy rhythms where up and in and out are flowing in and out of one another. So here in Matthew chapter eight, it's right after the Sermon on the Mount. Right. so uh, during this time, I want you to be aware of, of each of these rhythms, be aware of your breathing, be aware of your heartbeat basically, be aware of each of these rhythms, each of these six Fs in your life, because The Sermon on the Mount deals with each of these six Fs. So, if you're wondering where we got these six Fs, you don't have to look any further than the Sermon on the Mount. Three chapters, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, in uh, in the Gospel of Matthew here, and uh, Jesus starts off with saying, "Be salt and light." He goes into talking about lust and anger. These are your. He's talking about your inputs. This is fuel. Uh, he's talking about your faith right before that, and how Jesus came to fulfill the law. He talks about divorce and family. Right, he talks about being a person of integrity in in those in uh, in those areas. Uh, he talks about loving your enemies. He talks about finances and giving to the needy. He he talks about depending on the Lord and fasting. Right, fitness, uh, what you what what you eat, how you how you handle food. Um, he talks about not, not focusing on the things of this earth. Again, finances. He talks about not being ang- anxious in those things. He talks about the fruit you're going to produce. He literally talks about a tree and its fruit. Uh, so he goes through all of the six F's in here in the Sermon on the Mount. And then, and then the, fir- the very first thing we see in chapter 8 is how people respond to that. He ends, Jesus ends with hear and obey which is right behind me, right? Hear and obey my words. If you do, you'll be like the wise man who builds their house on the rock, on this foundation that's solid. But if your rhythms are off, if they're, if they're arrhythmic, if they're just off, well, your house will be like uh, the one when the wind and rains came, the floods came, the winds blew, beat against that house, the house fell, and great was the fall of it. And we don't want that for you. We don't want that for our church. We don't want that for you individually. And so we're going to talk about what up, and in, what up and in and out looks like through Matthew chapter 8 and 9. And as we do that, I want you to ask this question. How am I going to respond today? How am I going to respond today? Because through, these, through this next chapter and a half we're going to see a bunch of different responses to what Jesus just preached in the Sermon on the Mount. Up and out, the six Fs, hear and obey, all in the Sermon on the Mount. Living out the kingdom. This is what a kingdom citizen looks like. Uh, Because Jesus right before this says, here it is. I'm going to give it to you. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. So, let's see the first response. This is in in verses 1 through 4. Again, I'm going to summarize this for us, rather than go verse by verse, so follow along if you have a Bible. He says in chapter eight, verses one through four, Uh, Jesus has just come down from the mountain, the Sermon on the Mount, and great crowds are following him. And then a leper, and it says, and behold, in verse two, which when you see that word in the scriptures, it's like a slap in the face. It's like, whoa, wake up. Um, Behold, a leper came to him. Now, a leper was a social outcast. So a leper could have been any sort of skin disease, but remember in the Jewish culture, when you had something like that, you were outside of the camp. Right? There were ceremonial laws, ritual laws, purity laws, all these things governing those. So, and, and you were basically accursed. It was like, no, you can't be around anybody because you may infect somebody else. You may, I mean, sounds, sounds a little bit like today in COVID, right? Um, you may infect this person, this person. So this was like the low of the low, right? Like they, they, were, they weren't even looked upon as, as real people Uh, in many senses. So, completely outcast, and a leper has the audacity, the boldness, the faith, to come before Jesus, kneel down before him, and say, Lord, if you will, make me clean. He wants his rhythms back in order. This leper does. And Jesus says, Look what Jesus does. He stretches out his hand, and Jesus doesn't just speak it. He could just speak it, but he stretches out his hand and he touches him. He shows everybody, the great crowds are there, he shows everybody that he has power over the flesh. And that he's even risking getting sick. He's risking it because he believes. That he's full of the Holy Spirit because he is. It's just said that in earlier in Matthew chapter uh, three uh, and then four, and that the Father that he's approved by the Father, which has already been said over him as well, in Matthew chapter three. So he's walking forward in the Spirit, in the Father's approval. He reaches out, touches him, and the leper is cleansed. The leper is healed, and the leper goes out. Uh, he's he's cleansed and 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 he leaves. But the leper responds in faith. So there's one response. Jesus just says, hey, if you hear my words and do them, uh, you will be blessed. Hear and obey. Right? I will be with you. The leper says, okay, you just said that. Make me clean. And Jesus does, right? So that's one response. The f- and then in verses 5 through 13 is the second response. And it's a centurion. Remember, centurions are... Uh, the oppressors, they're the Roman oppressors of the people of Israel. It's not their land. They've come in and they, it's, it, they've instilled their own government. They are oppressing the people. They're controlling the area. And so a centurion, they're not friends. They're, they're the enemy, right, to the Jews. And remember, but Jesus is just sitting on the mountain. We're to love our enemies. So the centurion comes up to him and says, uh, Hey, I have a servant who's lying paralyzed at home, who's suffering terribly can you can you heal him? And Jesus says, I will. I will come and I will heal him. And so Jesus is living at the Sermon on the Mount, right? This is the enemy. Even the centurion is doing that because his servant was probably Jewish, right? He wouldn't have had a Roman servant. So Even the centurion is is loving someone who may think they're enemies, right? And maybe through the centurion they're enemies because they came in and oppressed them. So uh, you see here both parties living out uh, in the up and and out rhythms, living out the kingdom of God, living out the Sermon on the Mount, living out this love your enemies um, teaching. And the centurion replies this. He says, I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof, under my... Uh, to, to come in and heal my servant. He says, you're a man of authority, just speak it and it'll be so. And of course, that happens. Uh, Jesus says, go, let it be done for you as you have believed. And the servant was healed at that very moment, you see in verse 13. So, here you have another response. You have another response to, to Jesus. And they're both tremendous faith responses right I mean think about the centurion he's going to someone from Galilee someone from uh, someone from Nazareth of all places right like even the even the Jewish people look down on Nazareth so the centurion he's humbling himself before this ragtag dude from Nazareth who's just going around the countryside talking about things and healing people and and doing different things, right? And the centurion comes and humbles himself for him in faith. So you have two responses of tremendous faith. And then in the next few verses, 14 through 17, you see the disciples are there. And Jesus heals Peter's mother-in-law. He casts out some demons. People are bringing people are bringing the sick to him so you see a lot of miracles taking place a lot of signs a lot of wonders a lot of healing and then you have two different responses so everyone's seen this stuff his disciples in particular and when I say his disciples I'm not necessarily just talking about the disciples he's said to come follow me like the 12 not all 12 are here yet Um, but the larger group of people that are that are following him so in verse eighteen, it says, "Now when Jesus saw a crowd around him, he gave orders to go this other side." So he's about to go to the other side of the lake, and a scribe comes up to him and says, "And remember, and guys, a, a scribe today we think, oh, that's just someone who writes. No, scribes were part of the religious order of preserving God's instruction. Right? It was a tremendous task, a tremendous job, a lot of responsibility, a lot of honor in that job, and so uh, in that in that task." <clears throat> And so the scribe, he is of the religious order. And he comes to Jesus, right? And he humbles himself before this teacher. And he says, teacher, I'll follow you wherever you go. Wow, another tremendous uh, response of faith, right? But then Jesus says this. Well, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests. But the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Remember, scribe, religious order, they're wealthy. They, 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 they're wealthier than the general population, right? And so Jesus says to him, hey, you can follow me, but I don't have a home. I don't have a place to lay my head. And we don't see the scribe's response explicitly here, but it's implicit in the context that the scribe probably doesn't follow him. Not in the way he says, I'll go wherever you go. Because the next verse in 21 says, Well, another of the disciples said to him, Lord, let let me go first and bury my father. So I'll follow you too, but I have some other things I need to do. I have some, some things I need to take care of first. And Jesus says, follow me and leave the dead to bury their own dead. And it, seems, it may seem harsh, but, but Jesus is saying, follow me, or go take care of whatever you need to take care of. Like, I'm not going to wait for you. And so many of us are saying, well, when I have this in order, well, then Jesus, I'll follow you. When I have this in order, well, well then Jesus. When when this is done, when I've finished with my degree program, Jesus, then I'll get serious about my faith. Jesus, it's just too busy right now. I just had a newborn. Like, you expect me to read my Bible while I have a newborn? Like, I'll do it after, Jesus. Jesus, I just got married. We went on a honeymoon. I just want to enjoy my marriage. You you expect me to share my faith as well? Like, I'll I'll do that later, Jesus. No, Jesus, I I just had uh, my whoever gets sick in my family. I'll, I'll follow you later. I'll follow you after I've dealt with this. Jesus says, follow me or... Go do that thing. Let the dead bury their dead. And it's a harsh statement, seemingly, but Jesus saying, you can't serve both masters. You can't. Like, your rhythms are out of whack. Your rhythms are rhythmic, right? They're out of order. So he's trying to trying to help them get their rhythms in order. And what's shocking in, in this is you have you have two Jewish people in this passage who have said, I want to follow you and I want to believe, but then they're like, Oh, but this. Versus the leper and the centurion, the social outcast and the oppressor, who've said, Jesus. We humble ourselves before you in faith. You have the authority. And we submit ourselves to you. Well, the next response is in verses 23 to 27. And the disciples are on the boat. This is like the ones who have followed him, who Jesus said, hey, come follow me. They're on the boat. And they freak out because there's a great storm. And the boat's being swamped by the waves. At this point in time, I would wonder if Jesus meant a literal storm back in the Sermon on the Mount when he talked about the rain and the floods and the wind, uh, because that's what, they're, that's what they're up against. Um, I, I would think, Jesus, I thought you were being figurative. Uh, but there's a literal storm here, and they're crying out to God, save us, we are perishing. And he says to them, why are you afraid, Oh, you of little faith? So again, this contrast with the leper and the centurion and Jesus is like, guys, you've said you wanna follow me and you have such little faith. And this word is actually a construction of Jesus in the Greek. Uh, when it says, oh, you have little faith, basically it's a, it's a name Jesus gives him. it's a nickname. It's, it's a name that's just little faiths. So it's almost like Jesus is like, you're a bunch of little faiths. Like, you guys, like, did you see what just happened? And you saw all these signs and wonders, and now you're freaking out about a storm. You're you're with me. Jesus is like, and, and you could say, well, they did cry out to him. Well, but then they said, we're dying here, Jesus. We're perishing. Why wouldn't you save us? They don't trust him. They don't trust him fully. Their rhythms are off. And Jesus rises up. He rebukes the wind and the sea. There's a great calm. And that's when they say, What sort of man is this? That even the winds and and sea obey him. Peace. Right? He puts the rhythms of nature back into order. And it's almost then they're like, okay. You're you're not exactly who we thought you were, and there's a new submission. So they come to the other side of the lake. This is another response. A, demon, a demonic one. We see a demonic response. We've seen a leper. We've seen a centurion. We've seen random people who come for healing. We've seen a scribe, uh, one of the disciples. We've seen one, you know, a group of the 12 disciples in the boat. Now a demonic response. Jesus comes up, and they say in verse 29 of chapter 8, And behold, they cried out, What have you to do with us, O Son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the time? Well, Jesus ends up casting them out into a herd of pigs, and and that happens. We're gonna focus on that verse 29 here, because he says, Because they say, the demons, what have you to what have what have you to do with us, son of God? So two things here. They recognize that he's a son of God. So out of all the groups that we just talked through. They know beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus is the Son of the living God. They know that. They know that to be true. They believe that. They know his authority. They know his power. And yet they still say, what have you to do with us? Why'd you come here? Are you, did you come here to torment us before the time? How many of you are that, have had that response? Like Jesus, why? Why now? Why now, Jesus? Why Why did you, why are you doing this now? And then guys, we attribute so many things to, to God that, yeah. We won't get into that. That's a whole philosophical discussion. But, but why? why, why are you doing this now? God? Why, why does this have to happen now? When things were getting, like, why now? Did you come here to torment me? Like, how many of us have had that response to God? Not, a, not the response of the leper, In faith, not the response of the centurion in faith, not the response of random people in faith, not the response of the scribe to start out with faith and then leave, not not the response of the disciples who at least called out to him, even though they didn't fully trust him, but the response of the demons who know who he is and yet still say, You don't belong here. You don't belong here messing with our affairs. You said that to God. God, you don't belong here messing with my affairs. You may not have said that explicitly. You may have not said that out loud. But look at your rhythms. What's your marriage like right now? Your kids. That's the family rhythm. And, not, and you may say, well, it's great. But, okay, okay. Now are you too focused on that? Is your family an idol? Have you not, and we'll talk about this in a few weeks, have you not redefined your family as a family of God? Right? There's there's so much more there. You know how 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 is your how are your spiritual disciplines? How are you hearing from God? How's your desire to read the scriptures and to be and to, and to let the word dwell richly in you? How's your desire to sing praises? and hymns and spiritual songs at any point during the day because you're filled with the Spirit because that is what happens when you're filled with the Spirit, uh, Ephesians 5 says and Colossians 3 says. That is what happens, you just do that. You you wanna make melody in your heart to the Lord. How are you sharing your faith? What's the fruit in your life? Jesus says a tree shall be known by its fruit. What fruit are you producing? Are, are Are you bringing people to the Lord? Are you sharing your faith? Are you discipling others? What about your finances? Oh, here we go, he's gonna talk about finances. What about your finances? What are you spending your money on? How much in debt are you? And whatever you call good debt and bad debt. Debt is debt, the Bible says. The, the borrower is slave to the lender. So how much in debt are you? What prison have you put yourself in? What do your spending habits look like? Like, how, how out, of, out of order is that? Where are your rhythms in that? What about fitness? Where's your self-control in the amount of food that you eat? How often do you exercise? And you may say, what does this have to do with, guys, everything in us is, is a holistic, unified, we're, we're holistic, unified beings, right? Your spiritual, your emotional, your physical, your mental health all affect one another. So these, these six Fs, your fuel, that's, that's the last one, your fuel. What are your inputs? And guys, some of these rhythms, just like your heartbeat, just like your breathing, you don't even think about. Not intentionally. Or you just do them. You just eat three meals a day because that's what you do. Um, you know, you just get a snack because it's there. You just, uh, you just, um, uh, uh, binge on Netflix because you can, right? And that's your input. Uh, you're you're inputting these things, and it's it's uh, fueling you in a different way than than the spirit wants it. So, what is uh, what is your response to God here? Do, and which response do you want? how are you responding to God right now? How will you respond to him today? Well, after this demonic response that says, Jesus, why are you even here? What do you have to do with us? We see two more, and we'll end on these. One is of a paralytic. His friends, it's a community response because he's a paralytic. He can't come to Jesus. So, so, His friends bring him. His friends get the paralytic. They believe in Jesus. They trust him. They make their way to Jesus. And they they do whatever they can to get him to Jesus. And Jesus heals this this person. And he gets up. He walks. He takes his bed. And he goes home. Just a tremendous response of faith and action in community. It's so beautiful. So we can respond there, guys. We want to respond to God as a community of faith. Laying ourselves humbly before him. Saying, Only you can do this, God. Only you can get our corporate rhythms in order. Only you can get our individual rhythms in order. And what's more, God, we want this. We desire this. And so if you're like just saying, ah, I don't quite desire to read my Bible. I don't quite desire to to spend time with God in prayer. I don't quite desire to... um, uh, reconcile with this person who I have a broken relationship with. I don't quite desire to stop eating uh, the horrible food and to start exercising. Ask God to give you those desires for the sake of your spiritual health, which is tied to your mental health, which is tied to your emotional health, which is tied to your physical health. As this, and I'm not giving you a cure-all here. I'm just saying, start there. Start there and see what the Lord can do in your life. If you just become a living sacrifice and lay your life down before him and say, it's yours, it's yours. That's what these people are doing. And the last response is an individual one in this where he goes to a tax collect of all people. So this is a Jewish person who has betrayed his culture, who has betrayed his people for money who has become an oppressor to his own people. He's joined the Romans. And Jesus walks by and says, come follow me. And he gets up immediately and follows him. He leaves all that behind. Are you ready to leave your financial desires behind? Are you ready to leave your family desires behind? Are you ready to leave your fuel and your faith and, and, and your own desires behind for fruit even? For all those things to say, no God, I don't, I don't want my desires to overtake your desires. I want to commit my way to you, trust in you, and see you act because you will give me the desires of my heart as they align with yours. That's Psalm 37. And I want that, God, are you ready for that? If you are, we invite you to do that today because if you can do that, if you can respond today like the paralytic and his community, if you can respond today like Matthew who is called out of the tax collector's booth and follows Jesus, if you can even respond in faith, like the leper and the centurion, if we can respond like that today corporately, if you can respond today like that individually, that God is gonna change your rhythms, He's gonna change your life, and you'll benefit so much more greatly from the rest of this series. And if you, are, if you are just trying to figure out your faith right now, if you're just trying to figure out who this Jesus is, we invite you to do the same thing. Just submit yourself to Him. Commit your way to him, trust in him, and I guarantee you he will act today on your behalf for your sake. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for how you've shown us these various responses. And we respond to you today with the faith of the paralytic and his friends. We respond to you today with the faith of Matthew. We respond to you today with the faith of the centurion whose authority he recognized uh, in you. We respond to you today with the faith of the leper. We respond to you today in boldness and audacity and impudence because you are countercultural. The kingdom is upside down kingdom. And God, we ask you to move in our midst across our threes today so that we are changed and our, our houses are built on the rock that is you, Jesus, so that our rhythms are right, so that when the wind and waves come and the storm comes, we will not perish. We will not freak out. The, The fall will not be great because we will stand firm in our faith in you, Lord Jesus. We ask this in your name. Amen.